Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Wonderful. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke 24. Thank you, worship team. Wow. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke 24. Haitala. I've been saying that the wrong way for like 15 years. Thank you, Jesus. Probably more like seven. Haitala. I got it. Luke 24. And uh, why don't we stand uh, for the reading of God's Word. If you're able to, if not, then stand up on the inside. Luke 24, verse 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus stood in the midst of them and said, Peace to you. I want you to say that. Peace to you. And they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And then he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands, my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see me, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones like you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, but why they were still, why they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? And they gave him a piece of broiled halibut. I just had that. It probably wasn't halibut because uh, halibut is an unclean fish according to Jewish custom, so, uh, but I just thought I'd throw that out. He said, Broiled. King Salmon. All right. And some honeycomb. Verse 43. And he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words of which I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that all of these things must be fulfilled, which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding. He did what? He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. That's a great thing. May the Lord do that tonight. Verse 46. And he said to them, This is what is written. And thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are my witnesses of these things. Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry, everybody say tarry. Tarry Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Now it came to pass while he's blessing them that he was parted from them and carried into heaven. And they worshiped him. And returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Father, move in power. Amen. You may be seated. Take your Bibles and turn to Acts. Chapter 1. I'm going to take it from verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach until the day of which he was taken up. That's the day that we just read about. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he had also presented himself alive after his suffering and many infallible proofs. What kind of proofs? Infallible. In other words, you can't can't argue against them. I've seen some of those tonight. 
are you talking about? Well, I was worshiping God in my truck, which is not unusual, parked outside with my wife listening to a worship team. I think they're called Maverick or Mavericks, right? Ah, we were wrecked worshiping the Lord. And I had many things on my on my plate as I as I came to church. It's really not my favorite way to come. My favorite way to come is get so full of the Holy Ghost to just sort of ooze on over to church. And that honestly is most of the way it happens, but not today. I had a number of curveballs and things happen, so I just needed to just get refreshed and focused and and then someone's car drove by me. And on the window it said, I love you. It's a Fletcher's car. Well, it was a word from the Lord. I mean, I went by, I'm getting touched by God. I was like, I love you. I'm like, I love you too, God. Oh. <laughs> no, really, it was a real word from the Lord. And, uh, and just more and more of his presence is just coming. And then... I saw people drive by that are, they are infallible proofs. What do you mean? I mean, if you know what I know, if you've seen what I've seen, the hopeless, hopelessly lost drug addict that now is a purveyor of the hope of the world, the hopelessly destroyed marriage healed. I just began to see the fruit of God all over the evidence of his resurrection everywhere. And I don't know what, what you're going through in your life. I don't know what you've been through. I only know this, that God is truly great, and he really is one that releases his power upon the weak to make them strong. He really does heal the broken heart. There's no protest. There's, no, there's nothing that we can do in the natural to change a human heart. And I'm not against protests. I'm against sin. America has a sin condition that only Jesus can heal. Many infallible proofs. As I was walking and I just saw one after another, I started weeping. I ended up next to Brother Anointed and Sister Anointed over there, which I've learned can I just teach you something? I've learned this. If, you, if you're trying to get into the presence of the next level, it's, it's wonderful to be around people that, that are doing that. So I will, I, will, I will come and get next to, I don't know what strategies you got. I got some strategies. I'll come and stand next to someone who's anointed. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, obviously I'm pastoring him up front and my wife's super anointed, so that really helps me sitting right here. But I'm just saying, generally speaking, and I'll come up at times, and I'm usually coming up this side, and some of you know, some of you know, I don't always do it. And uh, just because I didn't greet you doesn't mean that you're not anointed. I'm just saying, I, I'll stop occasionally, and I stop next to you, because you always smell good. Those Latinos, they always smell good. You ever notice that? Is that like, I can smell you from here. <laughs> and so I just stood and kind of bumped his shoulder a little bit. And yeah, I just getting touched by the Lord. And, and um, what you said, what did you say exactly? Here, stand up so people can see you. you, you what'd you say? Well, we were standing here and my wife, you know, said, you know, remember when we first came in? Because we, you know, we came into the church and we sat, you know, over here and um, kind of just kind of moved forward as time went by. And it's like, remember when we first came into the church, we used to sit like around right here? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, God has done so much to restore our lives from the time we came in. And it's just like, it's a wonder. It is a wonder. The power of God, it is a wonder. So I know your story. Yeah. And you just sort of said a couple, spit out a couple bars of, man, God's done amazing things. <coughs> Infallible proofs. Infallible proofs. 
Do you, do you have an, is your life an infallible proof? Because, because if it isn't an, an infallible proof, <coughs> that's not COVID, don't worry. If it's not an infallible proof, that is actually what God wants to do. In other words, when somebody looks at you, they go, it's got to be a God. He said, well, I wasn't all messed up. I got raised in a Christian home. I'm praying, praise God, you got raised in a Christian home. You still should be an infallible proof. In other words, the way in which you live, you see manifestations of God's grace, power, provision, healing, miracles, signs, wonders. That's normal Christianity. What's abnormal is to be half-hearted, lackadaisical, and, and, and you could just look at someone and just reason it all out. It all makes sense. That's, that makes perfect sense. There should be a dimension of your life that cannot be explained. Is there a dimension of your life that can't be explained? I remember years ago we received a curriculum um, that we began to use, and it was from Bethel, Bethel in Northern California, Redding, Bethel Church, Redding, California. And uh, it was the first print. You, you want to know how we got that? And we got it at uh, a third, I think, is the third or half price. And how we got that, I think the year was 2006, and I was at a 2006, 2007, I was at a healing meeting where um, I ran, you know, relatively unknown preacher, the pastor of Reading, what's his name? Right, maybe you heard of him. Bill Johnson was there, and uh, I went to the book table, and I'm holding a book on some revivalist, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I'm like at this. And then I hear a voice behind me says, that's one of my favorite books. Distinctly unique voice. It's Bill Johnson. And I said, hey, hey, Pastor, God bless you. And I introduced myself. I said, I'm, my name's Pastor Daniel. I pastor a local church. He said, oh, it's, it's nice to meet you. I said, you know, I was really hoping to be able to meet you for a moment uh, because we have a school of ministry and you have a school of ministry and I'd like all of your curriculum. So can you just share that with me? And he says, hey, there's, a, there's quite a few people that want to get that. I said, I, yeah, I'm one. He says, we haven't, we haven't produced it yet. He said, but here, I'm going to give you a number, and uh, when we produce it, you can, you can have it. So we stayed in contact, and uh, if you were there in those early years of our school of ministry, we used that, but we, we couldn't use it when we, until we got it. So there's little binders that would come every three months, and that's when they were first producing that. They had in their book, an application process for being a part of their teams. One of the questions they have, Minister Mike, I love this, is they ask, tell us about the transformative, supernatural experience you've had with God that made you to be the person that you are. I haven't had one of those. Okay, we'll just keep coming to church. Tell us, tell us about the time when you encountered him and he transformed you. And they would say, well, I prayed the sinner's. No, 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 not the sinner's prayer. We're not talking about that. Now, praise God for the sinner's prayer. Amen. Praise God for being born again, repenting of your sin. No, the transformation that took place when the fire of the Holy Ghost touched you and changed. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me. He touched me. He touched me. Hey, I love going to church. But the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus is talking about here, I didn't even get to my main text. 
The transforming power of the Holy Spirit is what America needs. It's what every single human being needs. You were created by him to walk in communion with him, to be filled by the same spirit that he raised Jesus from the dead with. That's what we need. I would to God that the church would get so on fire that there would have revolts in every city like we have now. Can you imagine if the church got, got upset over sin and people going to hell and the love of God, like, like a love bomb hit the place? I think it's going to happen. That's what you're doing in Oregon. Please don't hear me the wrong way. I've made my stance clear and will continue to. Well, let's look back at Acts. He commanded them not to depart. Oh, sorry. Infallible proofs. Being seen by them during 40 days. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to but to see it's a hard thing to have a mantle as i was prophesying over eden to have a mantle and not wait david was anointed as as king but he had to wait i mean i don't know about you but i i want it now And I've even pitched adult temper tantrums. We're not having it now. I'm so thankful that, that God in his infinite mercy, you know, if you have a baby too early, that's not good. It never reaches its potential. But thank God for doctors and thank God for thank God for modern medicine. Thank God for intubation when lungs are still wet and babies wouldn't live. I mean, my children, both of them wouldn't be alive. But but for God. And so many people want to flow in fire and power, but they're, they're, they, they haven't had the encounter. They haven't had the infallible proof. You know, when you get baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit, it will change your life. And listen, I'm not, I'm not relegating that to some theological truth about you praying in tongues. There's something more than tongues, people. Let's uh, go back to Acts. And being assembled together, did I say that already? Okay, it's really good, so I'm gonna keep reading. He commanded not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the prom- but wait, but wait, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times and see. I hate this right here. No, can I just be real? Listen, please don't hear me I'm wrongly. I, 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 I don't think you need to go and get all kinds of degrees and do all of that and then you get used by God because there were simple, ignorant fishermen and they took note that, whoo, these guys got the infallible. Right? So, so... There's a whole movement that says, well, you have to just go and finish your day. Listen, all you have to do is be born again and be baptized on the Holy Ghost, but you do need to learn the word to rightly divide the word of truth. Because, I, I, you know, it says laying hands on no novice. You know why it says that? It's because people that are not ready, but they have, it's a hard thing to be anointed as king and still be a little, a little infant. There's a maturity that has to take place. But at the same time, you don't want to be pressed down by some religious spirit or some controlling leader that says you can't, 
Listen, if you're born again and you get, if you're born again and not filled with the Spirit, you can still lead people to Jesus. But God wants you to continue to grow. And many times there's a waiting. I, I've shared the stories with y'all about, about when I was, I mean, God's fire was on me. Touched me. To quote my mother, from, from the get-go, the fire of God, I mean like for real, leading people to Jesus, packing my car with people, driving to, drive to, you know, drive to life groups and then started opening our own and things just started growing. And I knew I'd been called to ministry and then there came a time when we didn't have a youth pastor. So I'm like, oh, yes. It's my turn. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're going to have revival. And my, the way that God wired me up was, you know, to preach, pray, and prophesy. I'm not good at, like, you know, games. I'm just not. I don't even want to play them. Even now, I can't stand playing card games. Card games come out, I'm like, let's get a coffee. And if it's like Scrabble, I just, I'm already, as soon as I hear the word screw, I'm, I'm gone. Now, Twister, there's a game. <laughs> and so I felt like, man, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that, you know, oh. oh, oh, oh. And then it didn't happen. They turned me loose for like three weeks. They said, you know, we don't have anybody to do the youth and you know, pastor. I wasn't a pastor. I was a leader. And he said, you know, we see God's hand on you. Could you would you be able to? I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. They tried, it, was like a, it was like a rabid dog being set off a leash. Just took off. And remember preaching that first service. I went from Genesis to Revelation. Oil flying everywhere. I was everywhere, and the youth got wrecked. The next week, the youth group grew dramatically, and, and I preached again, except I stayed in the New Testament <laughs> and laid hands on people, you know, and went long, and parents were getting their kids, and like, oh, kids crawling out, weeping. I'm like, oh, this is what I was made for. This is it. This is what I was made for. Absolutely. 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 That's what I was made for. But little did I know that there were things unformed in me, and I was still in the womb. Well, I could cast out devils. I, I could lay hands on the sick, and I could prophesy, and I could rightly divide the word at least at whatever level I was at. I, mean, I didn't want to talk about Book of Revelation and eschatology and stuff. But I had, I had, I had some grasp. I had, I had some, some training. And I had the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I thank God for a senior pastor, our global leader now, Dr. Morocco, and I've said this before, who had the discernment to look at me and pray, and the Lord said, not yet. It is a hard thing to be anointed as a Deborah, as a, as a David, and not take your place because you're not ready yet. God wants you to learn to wait, and let me tell you what to wait for. Now, religion will make you wait, so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about waiting for the power of God and hungering. You know, all of us have appetites, every single one of us. You've got to ask yourself, why would God have them wait? Well, he had to wait for the fullness of the day of Pentecost, of course, because prophetically, that's when the Holy Spirit, yeah, yeah, that's true, but I don't think they were thinking like that. I remember when I was... 19 years old, the summer of my 19th year, I went and lived in Thessalonica, Greece. You have a, you have a, a book in your Bible called Thessalonians. The Thessalonica, Greece, I went to live there for a, a brief period at this school. The Lord's going to bring us back there. I'm prophesying over myself. 
I've always known he would bring us back. There's going to come a trip where we go back and be used by the Lord there. Come on, just lift your hands to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a Christian school I went to. I didn't even know it. And there was things at play and such a war going on over my soul. God is selecting people. He's, he's choosing people to install in Zion. He's passing out mantles, not just for our beloved sister, but for everyone that's here. There's a time, a great time of transference, of anointing and an elevation that will come to a generation should they be faithful, should they be loyal, and not throw off the yoke. Thank God for godly leadership and for people that want to see us released. They had to wait. Why did Jesus not just launch them? Verse 5, therefore, verse 6, therefore, when they came together, they kept asking, okay, is it this time you'll restore the kingdom? He says, you'll be endued with power. What kind of an answer to that? Let me just tell you what you do when you're waiting. Get filled with the Spirit. So when, it, when is the end? Don't worry, just get filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't, when, 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 when am I going to become the next youth guy? When am I going to become, when do I get to use the mantle? When do I get to grow into the mantle? When, when, when do I get to step into all that God has for me? You shall be endued. What, you want to know what time? I'll tell you what time. It's when you're endued with, you shall be endued with power. Excuse me? I want to know the hour and when are, is this the time you should be endued with power? What kind of answer is that? Because if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he fills you full of fire and power. And how many of you know, he knows when, when your gestation period is over. Some of you are trying to you know, run a marathon and you don't even have any shoes on yet. I know, well, there's people that run without shoes. and those are the, I, Okay, I understand. You understand what I'm saying. Some of you trying to eat steak, you don't have any teeth and you're still on pablum. You need a sway back. You know what that is? A little teething biscuit. I'm trying to give you a little teething biscuit right now. Yeah. It almost scared me. One of the most dangerous things in a church is a microphone. You don't ever want to smell one of these. I'm just helping you. Ever. Minister Barry taught me that. All right. You shall receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses. In these texts here, uh, Luke 24 and here Acts chapter 1, he gives them revelation. He gives them revelation of the scriptures. He, he gives them a revelation of their call. And then he tells them that the promise of the Holy Spirit's going to come. Why didn't Jesus do it faster than 10 days? 500 Psalm Ascend, we know, from Corinthians, but there's only 120. 380 took off. So this, where's the other 380 people? I think he was revealing their need to do their job. I was in my truck driving, went camping on Monday, and uh, that truck needs diesel fuel. And if it doesn't get diesel, it's not pulling the grades. It's not going to drive anywhere. Oh, God's called you to go. God's called you to go to stand in the gap. God's called you, but he puts the diesel in you. He gives you the power. And you, if you go before you get the power, listen, some of you, some of you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. You got, God offers it to you desperately, but you've got, to, you've got to hunger and thirst for it. There's a hunger problem in America. A time delay of 10 days before they get filled. There's a battle for your appetite. There's a battle for your appetite. I don't know if you've seen somebody who, who just has an appetite that's just, you know, not healthy. And they just eat everything. 
And you can end up having some health problems that way. And other people that have a problem with their appetite, they don't eat at all. Put their finger down their throat and everything so they can stay small or thin or some distorted view about themselves. How many of you know if you don't eat, you're going to wither away and eventually it's called starvation you die? How many of you overeat, then you're going to have some problems that way too? There's a battle for your appetite. Satan wants to give you the wrong appetite. Satan wants your flesh to come alive. And that's, that's commonly what I see in churches. It's like, it's not the bride of Christ, it's the bride of Frankenstein. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the... The living dead. He wants you to immediately try to shock you back to life. Be careful. Be careful of media. Be careful of the things that shock you. Try to shock your appetite back to life. And uh, I had an interesting thing happen. I've, I've been basically fasting, fasted lifestyle for uh, before the Clovis. Coronado, I'm sorry. COVID, right, COVID. I've heard of so many different names for that thing. The Rona. China virus. Anyway, since before that, I've been fasted and just really pressing in because we need a lot of miracles. I need a lot of miracles. We need a lot of miracles in the church, and I know that fasting and prayer is the key. So as I've been doing that, you know, my body's operated a certain way. Well, yesterday, I decided to plan backslide. It wasn't really. I just had some bread. <laughs> Whoa. It's like you smoke crack or something. I know. And I'm sure I had a wheat high for sure. I was like, whoa, whoa, wheat. Like, yeah. I woke up this morning like, I was just on fire. I was like, whoa. And then later on, are you okay, Dad? time I hit my staff meeting, I thought somebody clubbed me. I, it was a shock for my system. Listen, the enemy loves, and, and then here's what I found. I found you know, for me personally that, that, that the, the awakening for me, for sugar, not, not the coffee store, the, for sugar can start. So I knew today, listen, you do what you do, I do what I do, or this is me. So today, it's absolutely a <laughs> Straight bullet to the wheat demon. <laughs> How'd you do today? I'm back on. Hallelujah. And somebody fed me this homemade thing that was like, anyway, and it had sugar in it. It was just like... The enemy wants you to wants to awaken lust in you. He wants to awaken greed in you. He wants to awaken these things in you. He wants to awaken your fallen human nature and get you to have the wrong appetite. You you can never fulfill a God-given call or purpose with the wrong the wrong way. The love of money. They found that pornography is the same as drugs. I'm almost done. This is my first close. God's strategy is that you would hunger for him. Please. God's strategy is that you would hunger for him. My friend, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, told me, he said, what I do when I come to a place, if they're not hungry, I preach them hungry. There's an appetite problem because people fill themselves with so much other than God. I started telling you about when I was in Greece. I lived in Thessalonica, and we took a trip to, um, uh, to go climb Mount Olympus. You know, you ever heard of Mount Olympus? And uh, I was much younger and in great shape, and we had a race between all the students. And 
we had a map of where we were supposed to go, and I, I have to go look and see how long a hike or how high that was or whatever, but I ran the whole thing with some other guy. We ran all the way up Mount Olympus, and it took hours. It took a long time. And uh, I want to say two and a half hours, maybe. I have to go look. I, I've forgotten. That was a little, it's a few years. It was a minute ago. I will never forget. I got to the, to the house. We didn't summit that night, but we had to get to the, the, the cabin right before the summit. And so I ran, and we saw two houses, cabins up there at the top. And so, you know, we're the first ones. They didn't tell us which one. And so I'm like, that one's a little bit closer. I've been pushing, so I just pushed all the way there. I beat the guy I was running against. I got there, came into the cabin, and there's all these Europeans in there. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, and they're like, whatever they're saying. I don't know what they're saying. I'm like, oh, American. And uh, so I went in, and there was a, a, an empty cot, you know, and it looked like you could see there was stuff on people's stuff. I went right to the cot, and I lied down. I was like, oh, thank you, Mount Olympus. You know, I wasn't saved. And then a, about 10 minutes later, somebody comes in and says, hey, Bracken, that's my last name. You're in the wrong cabin. I'm like, what? I was like, Get up, grab my backpack, and raced over to the other cabin. I got there, and of course, by that time, other people had come in. They're like, I'm the winner. I'm like, shut up. You know, I won for sure. You were, you were, you were holding your heart back in the first quarter mile. Anyway, they served a bowl of lentil soup. I had not eaten all day. I just had water pushed. By the time, when I ate that lentil soup at whatever the altitude was, which was significant, it was like I ate the, it's still today, no offense, Pastor Kerry, it's still today might be the greatest meal I've ever had because I was so hungry. Why, why would God wait 10 days? I think he did it to make them hungry so that when they got the power, I think they would appreciate it more. I think also he wanted to sift the crowd of the 380 people that were not as sincere, perhaps. Deuteronomy 8.3, I humbled you, causing you to hunger and fed you with manna. Listen to that. Talking of the children of Israel in the wilderness. I, I humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. See, the way that God works is he puts a desire in your heart. He's put great desires in your heart. But desires fulfilled outside of the will of God will destroy you. Hunger, desire, yearning, longing, fulfilled outside of God will destroy you and all connected to you. Lust, if you don't learn to get a hold of it, it's going to destroy you. Your anger, your, your supposed righteous indignation, which I heard one preacher say and I would ascribe to it, no man has righteous indignation. And there's a lot of people proclaiming righteous indignation right now. I think it might start that way, but the second man gets a hold of it, this preacher said. It then no longer is righteous indignation. Only God is the one that has true righteous indignation. And he sees and he looks across America and he's grieved and he's hurting. The answer is a church A woke church. How about that? A church that's woke. A church that is awakened. A church that's filled. A church that's on fire. Not a bunch of religious people, but a people that can bring forth infallible. People who are themselves infallible. Is this the time you'll be endued with power? Desire. Working in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. Births force miracles. I'm almost done. Turn to Mark 11. See, it's a hunger for God that'll bring revival. You know what you're famous for with the preachers that have come through here, my guests that have come, different ones? You're, you all are famous in, in, uh, in Alaska. Did you know that? Now, without naming names, 
guest speakers that have come through because I don't, you know, and it's not the kind of thing they say every say that to everybody. They say this to about our church. I have never preached in a place like that where people are so hungry. So, so there's no other place like no, I'm sure there's other churches way deeper and broader and wider in revival. I'm not arrogant and prideful, but there is something about this place that's that people are hungry, people are thirsty, people want God. But there's another level. See, like I'm hungry right now, and I'm you've got something working, I'm sure, in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> But I'm not hungry like I was when I ate the bowl of lentils. That was different. And if the enemy can rob from you and steal your hunger, y'all there in, uh, what do we say? Mark. Mark 11, 24, watch this. Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things ye desire, when ye pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. God is constantly trying to walk with us. Constantly trying to help us. He actually, I mean, I think we, we, we sang it. We sang it in that song that we were, couldn't remember the lyric, but then we sang it anyway. The essence of it, because I can't remember the song or the lyric, is he causes us to will and act according to his good purpose. See, he'll put a desire, desire is the beginning of the seedbed of a miracle. Do you have a desire to have a healed family? That's a beautiful desire. Do you have a desire to see America healed of racial division and injustice? That's a good desire. That's from God. Come on, someone say that's from God. That's from God. He's the author of justice, righteousness, and truth of the foundations of his throne. He's the healer. If you have a desire to, to be used by the Lord in missions or in the marketplace, that's God. That's God. He causes you to will and act in the arts. Whatsoever things you, therefore I say to you, what things soever ye desire. Desire is a beginning of miracle. Hunger, a hunger, a desire. Believe that you receive them. When ye pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I, I can't read that and not, not give you the quote from Esther Morocco which is desire, this is worth writing in the front of your Bible. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. That's a recipe right there. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. I've preached it to you, this was preached to me so many years ago. Their hunger is the key for revival. Our hunger's got to be expressed back to Luke 24, and I'm closing. It's my third close. They were constantly in, in the temple. They were constantly in worship. That's why I'm doing Friday night meetings and Saturday. You say, well, like, I'm tired. I don't want to come. Don't come then. That's okay. Not everybody has to come. Who's going to come? People that want to. I, I don't care if it's half the people that come. I don't, I don't care if it's a third. I want to be here. I'm going to come. I'm going to have a revival. And so who else is going to come? Whoever wants to. Whoever has a desire. There's an assignment of hell on people's desires to try to get you filling yourself with Twinkies in the spirit. Constantly in the temple praising God. Constantly seeking God. There's got to be a, a seeking and a hunger. And you know, hunger is always contagious. Hunger's, hunger's marked by reaching out to others. When's the last time, do not raise your hand, when's the last time you led somebody to Jesus? When's the last time you brought somebody to church? Now, I know many of you do, I'm just asking. Is your has God done such a wonderful work in your life that you can't help but testify and share with others? And if not, you're in the right place to receive the infallible proofs of the Holy Spirit. And then once you taste and see that the Lord is good, you will never, ever go back. What are you going to go back to? Lift your hands. If I seem a little bit sedate, it's because I had wheat yesterday. 
awaken hearts tonight. Awaken hearts across America. Holy Spirit. Caused you to hunger. You would pray and I fed you with manna. Awaken hearts, desire. Awaken the desire for the supernatural power of God. Awaken hearts. Awaken people. Awaken the church. Awaken a nation. friend of ours went to a Heidi Baker conference where the power of God hit the place so strong that there wasn't hardly anybody standing. And she, in the back, not experiencing one drop of God's presence, saw all these people getting touched and said, there's got to be something wrong with me. So She's like, Lord, and she repented for making cornbread when Pastor Daniel was fasting and whatever else she repented for. True story. She was on a cornbread fast. Here we're on water. Bless her heart. She stayed at our home and made cornbread. I just wanted to minister to her in a special way. It's the early, the early weeks of the 21-day fast. Early, early week, first week of the 21-day fast on water. I'm withdrawing from sugar and wanting to choke anything, just pitching a fit. It's before the breakthrough. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you're like, like mean-spirited right before you get the devil cast out of you. Anybody know what I'm saying? And she felt that. I was like having a detoxing nap, and I woke up to the most amazing cornbread. I'm like, what in God's name is going on? I thought I was... Anyway, I've forgiven her. I forgive her again right now. She's, she's walking. She's walking in the back of this meeting, repenting for whatever. She'd have a whole bunch of, you know, it was like a cornbread sin, whatever. She's examining her life. And she realizes that she doesn't really, she's not really hungry at all. And she sees all these people and she's content with like, well, you know, it's almost nine and the service will be over soon and we just go to, you know, go to five guys and get a burger or whatever. And, and then she realizes that's not the right response. Man, I'm not even hungry. People weeping, people crying, power God all over the place. I'm, I'm not talking, nor this is normal church. I'm not talking like this. I'm talking a measure of the glory of God. The glory of God rolls into place. Ain't anybody preaching. Ain't nobody preaching. Nobody's preaching. You had services like that? Very few. Why? Because people aren't hungry. That's why. And I'll include myself. There's been times where I've gone through the motions. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. You guys got your own issues. I'm just being real. There are times where I've not been as on fire and hungry for God to manifest His power as I have at other times. I've heard somebody say, well, there's an ebb and flow of revival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer the flow. So she says, as she walks back and forth, God, I'm not hungry. And the Lord spoke to her and said, well, why don't you ask me to make you hungry? So she said, okay. So she starts walking. Lord, I want to be hungry. God, I want to be hungry. Lord, I'm not hungry. I want to be hungry. Lord, make me hungry. Lord, make me hungry. I want to be hungry for your presence. I want to be hungry for your presence. Pandemonium, power God. That's actually the wrong word. That's a demon word. Did you know that? Pandemonium. Pan. It's a, from the devil. Pan is a demon God. Holy chaos. How's that? Walking back and forth. And then her testimony, and you've heard me share it before, some of you. She said, I don't know what happened, Pastor Daniel. All of a sudden, my, my heart heard what my mouth was saying, and the fire of God hit me. I think about different revivalists and people that have marked our nation. 
They would stand in meetings and lift their hands to the heavens and cry out to God. God, I want your fire. I want your power. I want the fresh baptism. God, I can't stand normal Christianity. Oh, God, won't you come? Won't you come? Won't you come? Mark me with visitation. Let your fire come upon me. I can't do it alone. I can't, I won't do it by myself. Don't send us from this place without your glory. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. I'm hungry for you. Oh, God. And what happens, that's actually a real prayer. I'm not just preaching. That's, that's for real. What happens is when you posture your heart like that and you begin to hunger and yearn, the power of God will come upon you, not unlike Pentecost. And all great revivalists say the same thing. You have to get your own baptism. That's not, oh, the baptism of the Spirit and then the evidence of speaking tongues. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about something that comes, the fire of God that comes upon you and decimates all other understandings that puts you in a place of glory that when you come out, you will shine not unlike Moses, even in a greater way, that God reveals to you his power and his presence. We don't need a pablum half-baked Christianity in America. We need demonstration of infallible truths. Only the human heart can be healed by God. Only. God can help people forgive the unforgivable because somebody had to die for what happened to them. And somebody did. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, His name is Jesus. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, His name, His name is Jesus. The Prince of Peace and the Great I Am, His name, His name, Wonderful Counselor. So what's the whole point of the message? The point of the message is check yourself and your appetites before you wreck yourself and get hungry for God. Because he's the only one that can satisfy. And he's the only one that can heal the United States of America or any other nation. We need a sweeping move of God. That is the answer. We don't need violence. That's not the answer. Martin Luther King said, you can't fight hate with hate. And said many other things. Man of God. We need healing in America. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, I want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time and make a recommitment to him online in Illinois, Montana, California, in the Philippines, Dillingham. I want to get right with God. Don't you waste not one more moment. Give your heart to Jesus. Confess your need for a Savior. Oh, money won't heal you. Fame won't heal you. Fortune and the accolades of man or the applause, none of that will heal you. Only Jesus can heal you. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Only Jesus can take out the heart of stone the raging anarchists who perhaps hates his father and hates all structure. The only God can take the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. Only God. The Lord's raising up an army of people who will go into the highways and byways and compel people to come to Christ. He's raising up an army of evangelists. We're going to hit the streets again. We're going to hit the streets again. It's not that we ever got off of the streets. We just go to need to go to another level. We need to go to another level. You're not right with God. For the first time, you want to do that. You want to give your heart to Jesus too. Secondly, you want to recommit because you drifted. Or thirdly, you just want to be sure of your salvation. 
9.05, service is almost over. You say, that's me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, people praying. You say, that's me. Would you slip your hand up all across this place? God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you all the way in the back. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Online, pray this prayer, won't you? Right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you lift your hands as a sign of surrender once again? I pray, Holy Spirit, now, let your fire come. I pray a baptism of hunger upon this church. I pray that you would stir people deep longing and desire to know you in the power of your resurrection and even the fellowship of your suffering. Holy Spirit, come. Let fresh hunger come upon your people. They push themselves from away from the things that don't satisfy. Isaiah 55, oh, all you hunger and thirst, come to me. Why do you spend money on what does not satisfy? I pray a baptism of hunger upon our nation. Not for anarchy and rage, but for reconciliation and healing. For the power of God, let a great outpouring take place. Even as I read in Ezekiel chapter 1, I looked from the north and I saw the glory of the Lord it be like, let the glory of the Lord, I pray, awaken dreams. I pray, awaken visions. I pray, awake, I pray, awakening to your church across this valley, across this state, across the nation, awakening to the plight of mankind, sin, separation from God, degradation and bondage, demon power. In Jesus' name, we serve notice today that we are those who've been awakened and we hunger and thirst for more and pray that you would sweep through America and every other nation, bringing a great awakening. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm almost done. Honest, minute and 30 seconds. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Spirit. Come on. Minute and 30 seconds, go. We're done. Come on, pray in the Spirit, speaking mysteries. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, let Him fill you now. Fill you now. Fill you now. Let the fire of God come. Pastors and ministers, quickly just move through and lay hands on people. Quick, 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 quickly. Touch and go. Touch and go. Touch, go. Touch and go. Life group leaders do the same. Go on, Eric. Go on, touch and go. Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. your power. minute and 30 seconds is up. Feel free to stay. Feel free to go. May the Lord bless you, cause his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance towards you, be gracious to you, keep you. 
and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.